Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host tonight for the Gift of Freedom. My guest tonight is Zachary Wright. Zachary is the founder of the Demich Group, which is a digital content marketing agency and the lead content developer for Fortune 500 companies. Uh, government entities and academic organizations like Procter and Gamble, Macy's, Rutgers University, and the Seventeen Magazine. Zachary's going to meet with us tonight to talk about resurrecting the Black Theater. Good evening, Zachary. Good evening. And um, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about um, your endeavor to resurrect the Black Theater? I well, it's on the decline. Um, well, you know, I um, I was raised in the theater. It was a it was a place that it was a facility that my mother worked in. It was started by the name a man by the name of Ricardo Khan. It was my first job. I checked coat, and for me, that experience being in the theater was my window into the world as a as a black person living in the Northeast uh, United States and kind of uh, fish out of water in terms of not being surrounded by black people like you might be in other areas of the country. So for me, it was an educational experience. It was a, it was an experience in kind of uh, feeling out my heritage and, and finding myself worth through the plays that were brought through the space. And, 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 and it showed me the black diaspora, what was going on around the world and put a sense of pride in me that, that I took forward as I, as I pursued other things in life. And, for for me, that 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 highlighted the importance of theater as a live experience, something that leaves a lasting impression. But also, black theater in terms of the value of our stories um, to the integrity of, uh, of of our endeavors as individuals, how it fills us up as people. And so, um, t- today, I work with the Cultural Commission uh, inside the city in which I live, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, um, and the Black Theater there, Crossroads. Uh, to to help basically keep it running uh, and lend my expertise where I can in terms of marketing um, and, and promotion and positioning for uh, business entities so that they can communicate the value of their service to the community in this technological world that we live in where you know folks just assume uh, parking on the couch with their with their iPhone or their Samsung and not go out and be a part of this uh, this wonderful thing that is theater. Yeah, and I see that you're an advocate for the arts and education and also might uh, interest our listeners to know that you're a bison brother, graduate of 
Howard University, magnum cum laude? I guess, what year? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I left Howard University in 2005 uh, with a degree in finance and economics, uh, graduating uh, top of my class at that point in time, and then uh, went into banking for a little bit. Okay. And uh, I see that you were the former chair of an organization called Image Doing. Tell us a little bit about your work there. Well, that was uh, Imagine Doing. Imagine Doing was an organization that operated inside the school systems within New Jersey where we taught critical thinking skills to students through uh, uh, research projects that created film, Mm -hmm. film projects. So they would create a, a little mini documentaries and in doing so working together to research the subject matter and produce them and write them. You know, they would learn about the, the task that we were investigating, whether it was an engineering uh, situation or, or mathematics discipline or something in the arts or where they'd go out in the community and interview business owners. They would learn how to tell stories of people and in doing so learn about what goes into those jobs and positions and develop confidence in themselves in terms of working together as a team and then those materials, those educational materials that they created, uh, the videos that they created were used to instruct uh, students in classes under them. So it was just kind of like this self-fueling kind of arts and education collaborative that, that was really chugging along there for uh, for about two or three years within the uh, New Jersey school system. Okay. And you're also involved with the project, the African Grove Theater, uh, founded uh, in 1916. No, I'm in, I'm involved with the Crossroads Theater Company in New Brunswick. I'm not involved with the African Club Theater. Okay, well, tell us about the Crossroads, a little more about the Crossroads Theater. Well, the Crossroads Theater was formed by uh, three uh, Rutgers students in uh, 1976 um, with the mission of telling the stories of black people on stage. It's very, very simply done. And, and, and since 76, it's had... Uh, really two homes, or three homes, rather. There was one on the on the campus of Rutgers University. There was one in an old uh, knitting factory, and then there's the uh, $6 million facility that it currently inhabits today uh, that it's been in since about 1992. Uh, the Crossroads is also the only Tony, black Tony Award-winning theater company in the country. And, you know, for the listeners that aren't aware of, of, of the weight of that, a Tony is, is basically a theater Oscar. And so... Uh, for their work in telling the stories of black people and, and the black diaspora, people of color from around the world, um, they've earned the highest uh, honor within the theater community. It's, it's just a treasure. Um, if you name it, that person uh, who, who's alive today and performing and, and, a, and a well-known artist within you know, film or television, they've passed through the crossroads at, at some point in time and have been a part of that tapestry and that history uh, for, for theater. Uh, mention to our listeners um, some of those famous people that have come through. Um, so we have uh, uh, Avery Brooks has come through there. Uh, Lord, uh, let's see, Gregory Hines, when he was alive, has come through there. Sabian Glover has come through there. Uh, Ruby D and Ozzy Davis have come through there. Uh, Glenn Terman's going to be there uh, in an upcoming play that was written by Richard Wesley, who also authored uh, Uptown Saturday Night and is a uh, professor uh, now at NYU and also a, a bison as well, Howard Alum. Um, I, honestly, it, it is a who's who uh, uh, historically of uh, power performers 
um, within the arts community, uh, within the black arts community. Okay. And so the plays that, the plays start at Crossroads, do they go out uh, to other theaters and other cities? Um, yeah, so uh, a lot of a lot of the plays and most of the plays that, that that come through Crossroads are world premieres. They're developed there, they're workshop there. They see their the first light of uh, of day on the Crossroads stage, and then they're taken across the country and then around the world. Okay, um, tell our listeners about some of the old plays um, that had their origins there, and some of the newer plays. Okay. Um, so, so, so the theater um, was responsible for a, 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 for a play called uh, "It Ain't Nothing But the Blues." It had its origins at Crossroads, and it, it's an older play now, but it's what won the theater its Tony Award, and it was a history of America told through the music of Black people, uh, dating back to the days of Muddy Waters, and it itself was a musical. Um, and it talked about how our stories were were uh, were put inside of song in order to be preserved um, during the time in which we were brought to the Americas as black people, to the time in which we could call ourselves free, uh, free working men and women. And, and that play was just amazing and made it to Broadway. Like I said, it, it won a Tony and is now touring around the country. I think it's currently in uh, Louisville. And uh, uh, and I think from there they're going uh, they're going back down to Florida. Uh, there's a play Fly, which is about the Tuskegee Airmen, which is also up in Martha's Vineyard right now. It was written by Ricardo Kahn and uh, Trey Ellis, a uh, phenomenal theater writer, uh, which is also up for a number of awards, and uh, which got Ricardo, the founder of Crossroads. Um, the nod to now be the new artistic director for the uh, uh, for Oprah Winfrey's uh, Black Theater. So you know the power of the work that comes through Crossroads is, is evident in the attention that it garnishes, and the importance is evident in 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 the staying power of the shows that are still out there. I see. I want to remind our listeners that they can call in if they have questions or comments to area code three four seven. Three two four five 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 two. Of the plays that had their origins there at Crossroads, did any of those ever make the big screen, the silver screen, that our listeners might be uh, not so aware of? Well, not you know, not as of yet, which I think is is remarkably interesting. However, there were uh, there were plays. Uh, like T- Tuskegee Airmen, which was a play unto itself, that uh, that came through Crossroads in 1991 and predates some of the uh, films that would later uh, address the subject, including the one starring Lawrence Fishburne, and as of most recently, Red Tails uh, by George Lucas. Um, and so the writers of these plays were then brought on to develop these films uh, or, or, or flesh out the scripts of later films. So the talent that comes through the theater, and this is kind of a, kind of the, one of the prevailing issues of black properties, businesses, uh, the talent, we see them uh, go on to do other things, uh, but in terms, of taking, in terms of taking the theater with them or taking the play that made the name for them with them, um, we, haven't, we have yet to have seen that in the 27-year history of the theater. Understand that we have the board president of Crossroads on the line. 
Are you there? Hello? Yes. Hello? Is this the board? Yes, is this the board president of Crossroads? Yes, this is uh, Dr. Ishmael Griffin. Oh, welcome, sir. Yeah, Zach, uh, great job. Uh, I think this is a wonderful in, uh, interview. Um, all I really need to say is support black theater. It's so very important that we support our traditions, particularly in a day where the images that we're being fed are uh, produced through uh, sources that really sometimes don't really have our, our best interest in mind. So it's so important to just support black theater. Uh, we have the power to make the difference. And other than buying tickets to plays at black theaters, what else can our listeners uh, get involved in to help support uh, the black theater? Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, it, it really is as, as basic as uh, buying tickets. It's as basic as buying subscriptions. It's as basic as uh, telling others to support and, and, the, and the need to support. You know, you give a theater like Crossroads with its historic legacy, it's monumental for African peoples of or peoples of African descent, not only in the U.S. but worldwide, and also for peoples of non-African descent to to understand this this culture that has arisen and to be able to partake of a very American experience uh, in a way that's unique. Uh, so. What I say is that we just need to support. Uh, you know, when the seats are filled at, at our theater, um, we, we are able to move on and to uh, uh, see another day and to produce uh, other independent writers and artists and actors. And that's what it's all about. And without the viewership, we, 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 we are, we're always compromised, as is the case with so many theaters across the country, but particularly black theater uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Now, my subscriptions, could you go into detail to let our listeners know what you uh, mean by uh, getting subscriptions? Yeah, well, Crossroads has a, has a three-play season per year, per season. And uh, if you like the theater and you want to support us, you can actually upfront buy a subscription to the theater for that season or for multiple seasons. And what that does is that you, you actually reserve a seat at, at a certain number of productions per year, uh, and the cost is actually pretty, uh, very, very comparable, if not a lot cheaper than going to, uh, let's say, a, 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 a concert for, for a very well-known performer. And so it's just one of those realities that we have to learn to support. Uh, and, and I mean this on, on every level. You know, this is a national theater. So uh, though we're located in a rather large city in New Jersey, uh, our, our shows happen three times a year. You can date them out. You can travel to New Brunswick. There are lots of places to stay in New Jersey and New York, and you can help to support the theater. Uh, it, it's just really important. We we just finished a production of a very, very uh, uh, promising up-and-coming playwright, Nicole Salter, called Repairing a Nation. It dealt with images of a black family dealing with issues of uh, reparations, uh, but on a more personal level, what is owed, what do we owe to one another, and the work was absolutely fantastic. You know, I just wish that there were people who knew about it and supported it. I wish that we would, would have the ability to uh, make that run, you know, two months so that more people can see it and that we had the viewership that, to support that. 
So that's just what it is. But I'm going to let you get back to the interview because I think uh, what uh, Mr. Wright is saying is very intriguing, and I'm having such a good time listening that I, I want this to continue. And uh, Zach, doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your joining us. And I'd like to follow up on that idea of uh, subscriptions and let our listeners know that that would make excellent Christmas gifts, uh, wedding gifts, birthday gifts, etc. And getting uh, African-American people who may not otherwise be, so that would be a great way to support. Um, Another question that came to mind how can we integrate uh, digital marketing into subscription? Well, I think that, you know, we can digital, we can, the way that we can do that, we're seeing happen with, uh, with places like StubHub and, 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 and what have you, there's, there's the tools and technology out there to scroll, to bring up the Crossroads Theater Company um, website and purchase a ticket on your phone and have the pay stub or have the stub on your phone inside of your passbook and show up and have it scanned. I mean, all of that is there right now. I mean, the technology is there. It's not that complex. I think the more pressing issue with theater is, uh, is, is attendance. And what we really want to do is we want to, we want to get as many people into the theater to have that theater experience as possible because it's a one of a kind, unique, exhilarating and addictive sort of thing. Like, so one a, a distinction that I want to create for you right now before we talk more about digital and how that works in, in promoting okay. and, and driving business is that theater is a premium experience like all other live experiences now. See, I don't know if, 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 if you've been present to the change, but over the last 10 years or so with the rise of access to experiences through digital, we've also seen a decline in uh, the pricing for them to the point now where you can see things digitally for free. You can get music, music for free. You can see movies for free. You can watch TED Talks for free, which is a great example. But to attend a TED Talk in person, you're going to pay about $7,500, $10,000. Why? Because there's a premium on that live experience because what's happening within that room can't be duplicated through your phone. That's what we are attempting. That's what uh, theater is charged with through their marketing, through their digital face, is, is the energy of what's going on inside the room, the significance of the experience. Now, we're tasked with communicating through digital. And there, honestly, it's, it's unparalleled for any of your listeners that have gone to a play, that have been to a Broadway show, that have been to a live performance. That experience of being in the room with 300 other people seeing something unique for the first time live and breathing the same air and, and, and playing off the energy and feeling the heat of the light, that coupled with the, the relevance and the importance of the work is something that can only be had when you show up. And so, you know, what I would like to see happen with black theater in particular uh, which tends to lag behind just because of the, the size of our audience. Being black is a niche, and then black theater is a niche within a niche. And the size of the audience affects the purchasing power of the institution through ticket sales. What I'd really like to see um, is, is black theater using digital effectively to communicate the value of the experience to the audience, which digital is 100% capable of doing. We can find, we can find pinpoint uh, African American theater enthusiasts, theater enthusiasts, cultural uh, enthusiasts, world entertainment theater enthusiasts. Like we can break down the search terms and find these people 
Um, and, and, and now we're really just tasked with, with, with making that happen, raising the funds to set up the infrastructure and getting them in for that first taste of the experience. And then you'll see traditional marketing take over in the form of word of mouth. Good. Does uh, Crossroads have any um, satellite theaters or I guess it would be theaters uh, or companies outside of New Jersey and selected cities? Is that a possibility? I think that forming a theater network, a theater alliance, um, I think that's very forward-thinking. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it'd be a, a, a important and very practical way to address the issue of uh, of, of awareness uh, throughout the country to be able to take a show a show on tour. Um, to sister theaters and, and around the, around the country on on a schedule where people know that they're coming and then use the combined revenue uh, for marketing and, and and the different types of promotions and things. I think that it's smart. Uh, to my knowledge, it's not being done. Of course, we have Crossroads Theater has relationships with theaters or other theaters around the country, but is it a cohesive network in which resources are pooled in order to kind of forward the agenda of the experience? No. Hmm. You know, and it just uh, occurred to me, um, in what ways or how are you guys attracting uh, youngsters uh, to the theater? And also in your community and in my community, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, other mm-hmm. communities around uh, the United States, the Latino community mm-hmm. is um, is growing at a rapid rate. You guys making any moves towards attracting um Latino and youngsters into the theater, West Indians, Jamaicans, absolutely, even Africans coming in. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, now. absolutely. So you know, again, great question, and and the Crossroads Theater absolutely is. So the first thing that I want to point out is that whereas it's it's easy to use the handle Black Theater because that's what Crossroads was that during in its inception. That's what it was. What it really is now is more world theater. It's 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 cultural theater, and so there are plays that come through um, that uh, highlight issues within the Latin American community, within the West Indian community, within the Indian community, as they as they touch the Black community and as the uh, 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 as the experiences are shared and the voice and the perspective is shared. So you're getting that flavor there, and I bring that up because the first step to bringing in an audience is representing that audience, having the content, as we say, in the digital marketing arena, having the content that that says, hey, what you're dealing with in your life, whatever your issue or your problem or your wants or your desires or your dreams, we have that here. We have the solution to that here. We have an expression of that here. We have something that's valuable to what you desire to see in life here. And it's up to us to be able to communicate that specifically to those audiences. Yes, the plays come through. You know, there's brilliant works by by African uh, 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 playwrights, and uh, the uh, the artistic director of the theater, Rick Khan, has taken shows on tour around the world to London, to Africa, um, and back that back to the states. So it's there. We're reaching those communities, uh, um, but what it's up to us now is to communicate that to, directly to them through digital in the way that people are absorbing information today and say this is what's here. In terms of bringing young people in, that's going to be the uh, the that right there is the uphill battle. Figuring out um, how to get 
uh, young people excited about going somewhere and doing something when the option to stay home and, 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 and interact through your device uh, is so appealing. It's just so appealing. Right, so one of the initiatives that the Crossroads has taken on is creating uh, uh, theater experiences specifically for students, partnering with schools, partnering with uh, 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 specific classes and courses, and they come in and they observe the work, and we have talkbacks about it. And what you see there is, like I said, like I opened up about the theater, you have young people getting kind of a, a window into the world in a way that's more authentic than YouTube or, or the internet. Uh, and, and creating a discussion around questions that they now have since these topics have been brought up that pertain to them, you know, through the works, through the Latin American works, through the West Indian works. Now, I've seen myself on stage, and I want to talk to the writer about, well, I felt that same way about this particular issue, and then a couple more hands raised, and it's like, well, how do we deal with it? How do we tackle it? There was an interesting talk back after the last show about what we can do to repair our communities. Um, knowing that blacks in America have started with a, a kind of a leg back in terms of first being forced free labor, then being not necessarily people, then being discriminated against, and now we're here, you might say you're 400 years behind. How do we uh, repair ourselves? And that discussion was started by a, a group of kids from, uh, from a class that were participating in the show. Um, so, so that's kind of the thing. Uh, uh, we found that once we can we can get them in there, uh, their own curiosity takes over and then it takes on a life of itself. Theater is just impactful and powerful, and really it's about getting people a taste of it in whatever format we can. Okay. I want to uh, remind our listeners that tonight's show is dedicated to the godfather of the black stage actors, Ira Aldridge, who was the self-proclaimed African Rosicis of the 19th century. The African Grove Theater was a Shakespearean playhouse founded in 1816 by activist William Brown. And it mysteriously burned to the ground. And in 1816, William Brown, who was a retired African-American ship steward, bought a house in Manhattan on Thompson Street. And he used his garden in his backyard to host social events. It was such a big hit that people traveled from all over New York to attend. An all-black theater troupe and company grew out of these tea garden performances. Riding the success of the theater, Brown later built a fully-fledged performance space on the second floor of his home for an audience of more than 300. And that was located at 165 Mercer Street, just south of Houston Street. And that's who our show is dedicated to tonight. Uh, getting back to my guest here, uh, and we were talking about uh, trying to draw young people in to the theater in terms of their interest. It seems like you're up against uh, some heavy competition with video games, uh, uh, digital world competitions, et cetera. Uh, and we were talking about digital. Is there a possibility of getting theater into the video game uh, genre to where those young people are focused? You know, I think that now we're talking about uh, distribution of media, distribution of content. I mean, we're almost we're almost reinventing TV when we say that. So can we broadcast the play? But I think what's in the best interest of the theater is not so much to 
give what we're doing inside the the walls of the theater away online, but to create a feverish uh, 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 hunger to see what it's all about, to create a sense of exclusivity and, and position theater as a premium good, not a throwaway good. You know, mm-hmm. um, digital, like a video game, you put in, you buy it once, you can play it an infinite number of times for as long as you own that console and you have a TV and you have access to it. Theater happens in a moment. A show runs yeah. for two weeks. That actor is there for two weeks. That experience, you know, and so what it really is about from a marketing standpoint is, is changing the paradigm of, oh, that's that old thing that we used to do, and saying, no, that's that live thing involving real people that it costs and is an exclusive experience to go see. I don't know uh, if you've ever, you know, gone to a concert or anything like that, but I I just made it a point to go see more uh, live musical performances because I enjoy music. And what I found, I went to go see the uh, the Phil, New York Philharmonic in Central Park. They've done a, a show out there uh, where they brought the, the, the orchestra out there. And the experience of being out there, you know, on the acreage of Central Park with my bottle of wine and my picnic basket in the warm summer sun, hearing the violins with other people to talk to about and comment. And we're social beings as people. That was infinitely more impactful than sitting at home and listening to it on iTunes. And so what we're tasked with, again, is to position theater and the live experience as a premium good and to take, you know, and to take more pride in it as the, as the providers of it. So are you finding more playwrights uh, using multimedia in their plays? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, these are modern times. This is a... <laughs> You know, this is the deal with modern issues, and um, and yes, I mean, from from a subject matter standpoint, absolutely, and then also from a delivery of the content, absolutely. You're seeing, you know, use of video inside of the theater space, which isn't necessarily new. There have always been you know, projections and special effects and so on. You know, theater and has 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 really led the charge on on kind of visual entertainment. There's always been uh, an acceptance and, 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 and use of the latest and greatest technology to bring you a premium live experience. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, we were wanting to know about well-known actors and plays, Ain't Nothing But the Blues, mm-hmm. and how it's uh, probably making its way to Broadway. You mentioned Fly. Is there anything coming up, anything in the can, so to speak, that our listeners should be aware of and get ready for? Well, Autumn, this next play that's coming up is is phenomenal. It's timely. Um, it deals with a, a, a mayoral race, a, a tight mayoral race with, 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 with an individual who's kind of been running the town for, 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 for generations and an and, and incumbent. Um, uh, who is who is kind of coming after the title, and, and and for what it's worth, it really mirrors what was going what's going on in Newark and in, in our city centers as we see the power the transfer of power from one generation to the next generation and the new issues that are being dealt with. So it's very timely in terms of the material, but beyond that, it was also written by Richard Wesley, who is I mean he is a master of his craft again. Uh, of Uptown Saturday Night NYU professor Howard, a uh, uh, graduate, a uh, son of Newark, um, a, a close friend of Amiri Baraka, the poet laureate, and oh, yeah. um, and really and really had 
the the inside information and perspective being from a city and witnessing the transition of power from Sharp James to Cory Booker to be able to write something that, that that's intimate and true and relevant and moving and powerful and interesting, really, really interesting. This is a master master writer dealing with a very timely issue. So that's the next show that's going to be across. So it's Glenn Turman in it, who is a phenomenal actor. And so it's 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 it, you ask me what's coming up. It's not in the distant future. It's next. And so I encourage uh, your listeners to go and, and, and go to the Crossroads Theater Company website and, and, and get their tickets and, and plan their vacation time. Like We have a bunch of wonderful places to eat, beautiful hotels right on the river. Springtime is coming. New Brunswick is a city that comes alive. And just have the experience of seeing a work that you can only see for one, t- you know, one time only where it is. You know, um Speaking of timely issues and current events, do uh, you have any take on Ferguson and some of these unarmed shootings and murders that have been going on? And do you think any of those will ever make uh, the theater, the stage? I think that you, I think you're seeing those in experimental theater. You're seeing those in one-man shows. Look, theater is very responsive. It's not a big, slow-moving machine. You will see once an issue has taken root within the community, Somebody will address it and they'll seek out a platform to kind of workshop it out until they have a place that's really, really impactful and they can move forward. I think now that we're seeing this surge, um, I, I wanted to use the word attack, but we're seeing this, this, this kind of resurgence of, 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 of difficult uh, race-related issues. Yes, we're going to see artists. Uh, mirroring life in their works, and we're going to see it come through the theater again. And I think now, uh, more than ever, with Ferguson, uh, with 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 the shootings of unarmed black men around around the country, and I hate that it's gotten to the point where there's so many that I could rattle off a list longer than we have time to interview for. It's and now time for theater to address it and 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 to experience that in a live sort of sense to mobilize people to action. And uh, you mentioned a website. Can you give us the address of that uh, Crossroads website? Yes, the CrossroadsTheaterCompany.org. Okay. And what in reference, if our listeners wanted to contact you uh, individually or personally, uh, would you share your contact information with us? Yeah, I mean, I'm available. I guess the best way to find me is, is by email. Um, you can reach out to me at ZM underscore right, my last name, so Z is in Zachary, M is in Michael, underscore right, W-R-I-G-H-T, uh, at me, as in me, myself, and I dot com. If you want to just discuss theater or you have something interesting for the crossroads or you need to be put in contact with the right person so you can come see this phenomenal work, um, yeah, I think that, that, that you can certainly reach out to me. And then we also have a, we have a full-time staff that can, you know, address any of the any of the inquiries that you have at the Crossroads Theater Company dot org. Okay. Um, I really appreciate your taking the time out of your busy schedule to visit with us, and also I'd like to thank Mr. Griffin, who's on the board of directors there, for coming in with his comments uh, for our show tonight. Are there any other questions from the uh, chat room? Okay. Seeing none. 
Uh, Mr. Wright, I appreciate you uh, again coming on our show. Um, hopefully we can have you back in the future uh, to discuss projects and see what kind of movements we've made in terms of getting more young people and more people generally uh, into black theater. Wonderful. Uh, do you have any last comments for us? Any last words? I I will leave you with this. Um, our stories as black people and as people of color around the world um, have had to be have had to be passed down from generation to generation in the form of art because it has been being destroyed in the form of text. And so it's more important than you know to support theater and the artistic expression of uh, a disenfranchised or oppressed people because that's the way that we continue the fight for freedom. That's the way that we continue to fight for a better world. It's through being able to connect with each other one-on-one. We don't have the machines that the powers that oppress us do, and so we really, really, really have to support for, in, order for, uh, in order for us to see uh, any movement on the issues that affect our communities. Great. Well stated. Appreciate that. And I um, want to say good night to everyone, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, good night. Back. Three.